Hey, uh, mitts and chicks. He scores! Sider wins it for Detroit! Oh, Sider with his first National Hockey League goal! It's too good to be true, but believe it! Oh, hell, hell! His first career National Hockey League goal on the biggest of stages! Uh, thanks for the support. Appreciate uh, you guys supporting me and uh, the Sharks. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Mitts and Chicks. It has been a bit of a hiatus as it you know, has been recently, but um, everyone finished off their first semesters of college. Ladies, how are we feeling? I don't want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> Just seven more, Callie. You're going to be you're going to be fine. Hey, five more, five more. I'm done, I'm more. done in three. I'm done in three. <laughs> Good for you. Amazing. I'm wildly impressed. Wow. That's very impressive. I just I got very lucky because our journalism major program is designed to be completed in three semesters. So I'm one and done. <laughs> That'll do it, baby. Good for you. I love that for you. I yeah, I got seven more of these ahead of me. So we got it. It's all good. Um it's so nice to be back. It's so nice to see everyone's faces. We're just going to um, tackle some league news and some general stuff going on uh, before we jump into our super fun interview with our super fun guest. So today we're going to be interviewing one of our favorite people, one of our dearest friends, Miss <laughs> Madeline McCarty. Say hi to everyone. Hi, Please. everyone. <laughs> This We've is got... my first time on a podcast, and I'm so honored that it's my favorite one. Stop We've been it. waiting for this one for a long, really long time. So Turn it so up. Exciting. Um, Mads, first of all, we have two Madses on the pod today, so that definitely won't get confusing at all. But um, before we jump in, uh, would you like to tell everyone a little bit about what you do? Yeah, I am a social media manager for Bauer Hockey. Um, formerly with the Colorado Avalanche, though, so been in the sports world for the past six years and wouldn't have it any other way. Amazing. Mads is um, incredible, the best, our favorite person probably ever, and just so kind and genuine and wonderful. And I think our audiences are just a circle, like if it was a Venn diagram, <laughs> Venn diagram. it would be a circle. <laughs> so, but we're just so checks out. glad to have her, and we are so excited to talk with her. But first, a couple league news things let's talk yeah, about the league wanted, just wanted to introduce her real quick so that y'all weren't confused when we were talking about the league and just like some voice popped in and everyone's like what's going on so anyway um outside the league but inside the world of hockey and sports national girls and women in sports day is february 1st so look out for some fun stuff on our socials about that it's mostly probably going to be on the pink coat club so make sure you follow pink uh pink coat club on both twitter and instagram um, has anyone been doing anything fun that they want to share? I mean, Callie's killing it. 
as um, Miss Insta Stories for the Wisconsin Badgers hockey team. We beat Ohio State, which Hell was yeah. fun. I had to take took a month off to go home for break because I didn't want to pay for housing. <laughs> but I'm so real for that, we won. We're sp- like splitting Big Ten series, which is better than losing both. So mm-hmm. I'll take it. I'll take it. It's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Mads, how about you? What's going on in Los Angeles? I've been doing well. I've been watching a lot of hockey more so lately, which has been fun. Haven't been seeing much, which is so upsetting. Um, trying to get out to a Kings game soon. I'm trying to get to a USC hockey game soon, um, but they play very far away, so we're gonna see. But um, yeah, things have been good. Yeah, I have a little job going right now. I'm doing um, for our listeners that don't know, I'm a music industry major, so I've been doing. A lot of various music things and um having lots of fun i love school amazing yeah i la is crazy i have a friend who goes to ucla who actually bumped into mads at like a rideshare stop um but she was just like walking downtown with a friend and she just happened upon like an entire movie premiere and they were like hey do you guys want to come to this movie premiere and she was like no we're getting sushi and i actually still haven't forgiven her for that what movie the movie the movie premiere in question was for devotion starring jonathan majors and glenn powell and um glenn powell is a university of texas alum so i was really mad at her and joe jonas is in that movie so both joe jonas and sophie turner were there and she was like no we have to go get sushi like we made sushi plans alex if you're listening to this I'm still beefing with you. This happened months ago and I'm still angry. Um, anyway, yeah, I need to get to Los Angeles soon. Um, I don't have much going on um, hockey wise. I had the absolute displeasure of attending a Red Wings Stars game with uh, Nathan Murdoch over um, <laughs> over winter break. Um, you guys probably know him as Gravite on YouTube and Twitter and all the other places that he plagues us with his presence. Uh, <laughs> Nathan, if you're listening, I hope you're having a good day. I miss you. Thanks for coming to the game with me, bud. I also got to bring two of my sorority sisters who are from Dallas, um, which was super, super fun. They had a good time. The Wings lost in overtime, but I got to see a lot of Red Wings fans in cowboy hats, and I think that that made it all worth it. So um moving on to league news i've started my 2023 document of just absolutely insane nhl instances just like crazy terrible weird things and at the top of my list is robin leonard's snake farm what is an exotic <laughs> i really want to know <laughs> here's the thing like- i would love to have a pet snake so i kind of i kind of get it I get it, but also farm, like in the middle of nowhere. Like, how like are you maybe like, not a farm. breeding? Exotic, how are you breeding exotic snakes in the United States of America in like Kansas? Wasn't it in like Kansas or something? It was something stupid like Kansas. It reads like a Mad Lib, genuinely. It, exactly. Exactly. Like, yes. Location. Insert animal. Insert professional sport. Like, it's just so random. Like. I didn't know exotic snake farms were a thing, but now it's like, it's an actual business? Is it legal? What makes it exotic? Who buys the exotic snake? I feel like, you know, this is a Joe Exotic Tiger King situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's the vibe I get here. Well, no, because literally I read more of the article and like he bought it 
from a, a dude, like some guy, and that guy was murdered by his wife. I'm not sure if it was before or after the sale of the exotic snake farm to um, NHL goaltender Robin Letter, but it yeah. like it truly reads like a Mad Lib. I mean, it feels like a very lucrative side hustle. Like you oh, would yeah. think there'd be some money in that. So definitely, well, if you clearly, like, don't get clearly not enough because he declared bankruptcy. <laughs> um. Okay, so. We've covered that. Good job, everyone. Groundbreaking journalism from the Mids and Chicks podcast. Um, next up is Connor McDavid's socks. I don't even. I put that there because I thought it was funny. It's so but funny. I actually don't. I actually don't want to like dignify that event with a discussion. It happened. It's it's, it's worth a mention. It happened. <laughs> Boys, hockey players, everyone, wash your socks and don't wear them past um past their death date moving on the thing is i know so many athletes who just don't wear socks in their skates like that's worse and so i feel like that's that's equal or worse it's worse and so i'm like i kind of at least he's wearing socks at least actually mads i feel like there are definitely some crazy stories that you have just from like being around so much hockey like i would have never known that well, this is just um, from my boyfriend. So. That's not even from the Avalanche. That is just my boyfriend. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Well, also, I think Kill McCarr. But anyways. Oh yeah, yeah. I know there's people make fun of him for that on Twitter. I see that. Doesn't it? Didn't Kemper not wear socks too? I think it has something to do with like your skate forming to your foot perfectly, or I don't know. I'll ask him. But I find I it that, repulsive. I know that you can like heat up your skates and form them to your foot but there is nothing stopping you from wearing socks when you do that so that it fits to your feet with socks on there's nothing nothing disgusting yep okay great Um, welcome to the world of sports now that my day just got worse um let's go to a high point uh the gritty has officially been introduced to the national hockey league Jake Wallman, my favorite Jewish hockey player of the Detroit Red Wings, um, completed so a four-nothing comeback over the Pittsburgh Penguins, and then he grittied about it. Can you imagine watching your team go up four-nothing in the first period? You think it's going to be like last year when the Penguins beat us eleven to two? You think it's going to be the same thing? You think you're in for a solid game? from your perspective, like a terrible game from anyone else's perspective, but it's exactly what you want as a hockey fan. And then, and then you lose in overtime and then you get grittied on in your home rink on your own ice. That sounds, I would end it. That sounds like my worst nightmare, but fortunately that didn't happen to me. That was a really good night for me. (laughs) Well, Allie wasn't even watching, and so I was watching, and so I had to text her, and just, I think she posted our text to Twitter, but it's just me going, oh my god, he hit the gritty, he hit the (laughs) gritty, oh my god. This just proves that athletes are, like, chronically online, that it's just my proof. 
For those of you who don't know, Jake Wallman, we acquired him in a trade from the St. Louis Blues or in free agency. I can't remember, but he he came from the Blues and he had like a TikTok presence. He didn't have very many TikToks, but the ones that he had were like fairly viral. He did a TikTok that went really viral and like kind of started a trend over um, quarantine. And then he posted a TikTok of him and his teammates at the Winter Classic when the Blues played. Um so thrilled to have him here in Detroit. He's also been playing really well on a pairing with Mo Sider, really elevating both their games, which has been really nice to see. But um, yeah, no, it's I wasn't watching because I was at a family dinner, but my dad and my grandfather, who are both huge Red Wings fans, were at dinner with me. And the reception in the restaurant was terrible, so I wasn't able to open the app, but I was receiving texts. Um, so my dad and my grandpa were like getting... Callie was essentially updating my grandfather on the uh, results of the game. It was really beautiful. Um, NHL players with good social presence like are the backbone of society. Exactly. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. It is literally Vanisek. everything. Mm-hmm. Vanna, Vanna check, Vanna sec. His is my favorite. All of his like sweet captions. I'm like, I don't know anything about the devils, but I love you and I will protect you if there are any trolls in your comments. Like, the love yeah. he is spreading. Please. He's great. Vanacek's so he's so good this year. I mean, he's always been good, but he's so good. Um okay. Last of league news, just real quick, wanted to say um the Jacob Rana situation has been freaky as fuck for me personally. It's a lot going on. It's obviously very, very complicated. We don't know any more than we know. And um we just wanted to say that we love him and we support him and we just want what's best for him. And whether that means coming back to the Red Wings, staying in Grand, Rap- Grand Rapids, going somewhere else entirely. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I will be happy about losing our only player who can score goals, but um, whatever's best for him is what has to happen. So we love you. We miss you. And we hope that you're doing all right down in GR, Jakob Vrana. And if you speculated about anything, I hope you are ashamed of yourself. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Or if Bingo. you publicly that, speculated. Like, all that it needs to be said. Yeah. Um, all right. Now it's the good stuff. Who wants to take Timo Talks today? I've been talking too much, so someone else has to take Timo Talks. I could do it. It's not very interesting because he hasn't been doing very well. He only has three goals and three points in his last five. How dare he? Um, the Sharks are definitely know. tanking, but good, good. They beat the Penguins actually, and they had that crazy game against the Canes where they were like up, like two to or like three to one or something, and then the Canes came back to win and overtime. It was crazy. It was yeah, no, I was, about to say, I was about to say they almost beat the Canes, but that game. Yeah. I couldn't watch it, and I really wanted to be watching it, and I kept getting updates, and sometimes I truly think my NHL app is glitching, or it's wrong, or I, like, misread which game it is, um, and that was definitely one of those moments for me. <laughs> um, He did score a goal against the Red Wings this week, but we beat the Sharks in overtime, so... um. Season overall season though he's not doing too bad. Twenty eight goals, twenty assists. That's forty eight points through fifty games, um, which is pretty darn good. He's on my fantasy team, so he does need to pick it up. 
a little bit. He was doing really good for me at the beginning of the season. He's been slowing down and I don't appreciate it. I have, oh my God, my fantasy team. I have, um, um, what's his name? I have Travis Konechny from the Flyers and he, I think maybe takes a penalty every other game and it's driving me fucking insane. It's like actually driving me up the wall, but I don't want to bench him because he's been scoring goals. So anyway, um, speaking of the Flyers, another real quick PSA, um, like just straight up, just like fuck the Flyers organization, fuck Ivan Provorov and everything that they did to handle that whole situation. For anyone who doesn't know, the Flyers had a pride night. Everyone took the ice in their little pride jerseys with their little pride tape and Ivan Provorov uh, cited religious beliefs and refused to take the ice in the pride jersey. And then the Flyers organization protected him and said that he can do whatever he wants. I mean, him citing religious beliefs caused a legal mess for the league there's absolutely like nothing well they can do stuff about it they just get in a lot of trouble for it um and then john tortorella was like no like he can do whatever he wants and i was like okay you're annoying john tortorella and then um it got worse because then the rangers and yeah, the Rangers were supposed to have um, a pride night and they just didn't even wear the jerseys. And like two players had pride tape, which it's speculation, but that tells me personally the way I read that is that um, someone on the Rangers or several people on the Rangers were like emboldened or encouraged by Provorov's decision to not take the ice. And the Rangers, instead of forcing them to be held accountable for it, um, just ditched the whole thing so that you know they could protect those players from the public eye i guess so it's just like it's like the profile thing alone like it it sucks it doesn't bother me that much because i'm quite frankly not surprised like obviously there's people in the league who are like that that's not surprising to anyone here um what i don't like is that it's causing other teams to not do their pride nights the way they should and um if they don't have like warm up worn signed pride jerseys, then like what are the Rangers selling to donate to charity? Right. So that's the issue is that it's causing um, other people to, you know, do what the Rangers did. So we'll, we'll see what happens the rest of the season with the rest of the pride nights. Um, I saw someone tweet, like, do you know how bad like how fucked up you have to be to make queer people feel unsafe at a pride night um (laughs) which the league's really good at that so um yeah again just wanted to put that out there kind of state the podcast's um position on that and uh if you think that Prabhupada did the right thing or that the flyers did the right thing by letting him whatever just have a bad day that's (laughs) you know (laughs) this is a safe space for everyone except for those people exactly <laughs> be a yeah. bigot, you can leave really exactly. easy really simple all right that's a depressing note to end our league news on so does anyone have anything else that is more fun than that wait can i add one more thing onto that yes of course just i know like pretty much everything that can be said about it has been said online but my favorite thing to kind of reiterate about it is like you can't have this energy with just pride nights like if you're mm-hmm. gonna have this energy where ha- keep it for military appreciation i especially if you're like keep politics out of sports then let's keep politics out of sports don't sing Where's the national anthem with- before the yeah. game if you want to keep politics out of sports yeah 
like where's this with like women and girls in sports night um yeah any of these nights like celebrating a community why are you only against one and yeah. i don't know it's just like keep the energy for all of them or just suck it up and wear the jersey for 20 minutes right and it's like if it's you're gonna cite lot, religious yeah. beliefs at least keep following the religion because i guess he's it's like something about his religion was like you can't Russian blend Orthodox, fabrics yeah. and right. so it's like if you're gonna cite religion then don't wear the jersey any jersey if it's gonna blend fabric so it's like and it's just a, just a bad cop out bunch of russian orthodox uh who have worn pride jerseys like do you know or, are in this league who you know like it's a lot right and they i think um panarin and shesterkin were two examples that were seen a lot leave i'm not going to pretend that i do but they sucked it up and they wore the jersey and also like reminder pride's not politics it's i was about to not. say yeah no i always think that the politics argument is just so disheartening on so many levels and i think that in no way is that where the conversation should ever be going um and i think that a lot of focus tends to always be on that so I'm glad that we have our little platform where we can kind of try to redirect that and hold people accountable and, and share how we feel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. <laughs> that was kind of sad. Sorry, guys. Um, we got All-Star anything? break coming up. All-Star, baby. It's where my are the favorite alligators? time of the year. Where are the alligators? Where are the alligators? We were promised alligators. This is my favorite time of year because you get to see which players decide to get injured to get out of it. Austin Matthews. I respect it, man. Good job. I really thought Ovi, Ovi hurt himself, and I really thought he was going to get out of going to All-Star two years in a row, but I think he's fine now. So, And the vote. Can we talk about the voting for a <laughs> second? No, no words. I'm just... No it, words. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm honestly wondering now if, like, Caulfield had got... Because I think Caulfield's definitely the front runner for the Met Pro Atlantic. I don't remember what division but um he probably should have gone because he got like two hundred seventy thousand votes on twitter alone which was mm -hmm. way more than i don't know i feel like it the amount of votes the he got on twitter would definitely yeah. offset the amounts of online Ridiculous. votes the other people got but it's like since he just got hurt so i wonder did they know yeah. or did they just not announce he had gotten hurt and they chose someone else before that but it's also like, i was gonna say i did see someone say like theorize speculate whatever maybe the league knew that he was getting a shoulder surgery and that's why they didn't put him in but caulfield is not the only example like there is yeah not a chance in hell that that roster the roster that we got from the nhl all-star game is the roster that was voted in by the fans with Caulfield. I can understand if the league had to like know about the shoulder surgery ahead of time. Fine. But did anyone see a single person vote for Stuart Skinner? <laughs> One person. Did anyone vote for him? Be so real. A single person. Like be so for real right now. And um, uh, no, my favorite is there's like three Rangers going to the um, all-star game. None of them are Condre Miller, despite the fact that Rangers fans recruited K-pop stands to vote for him on Twitter. And you guys know how K-pop stands are. Like, like, there's no way that Adam Fox got more votes than Condre Miller. It's that has to be the funniest Twitter 
situation that I've maybe ever so heard. Good. But in general, so and good. I know it's not like votes to people, like it's obviously not like an even ratio, but I just can't believe like 200,000 votes for Coca. Right? Right? But like did that many people watch hockey? No, it's the retweets. No. It's they went hard. Like I put a tweet i don't know how they found me but just using like nhl all-star cool caulfield attracted canadians fans from like miles away who were retweeting it and it was like not just caulfield i think i roped in like cider and ave kubel into my tweet and they were like all there I'm like how, how did nick not get to the game come on we tried we tried, we tried. <laughs> it's really well, funny I, how like oh sorry sorry no, um, you go ahead. it's really funny to me especially um since our guest is like such an amazing um content creator and does so much social media work um so much has changed over the years in the social media landscape even like week to week so much changes but one thing about the internet is that people will love a social media vote this is true <laughs> it is how a, not yeah. outgrown yeah. how have we not outgrown like, the social media like, vote? Never it's, it's it. free engagement right for the league you get to say exactly. hey like tweet about us like, yeah, you're tweeting about your favorite players, but it all comes back to the league. So it's a great yeah. play for them, whether or not the votes counted for anything. Exactly. Exactly. Is, it's like it's 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 genius in that, like, yes, they're getting so much engagement on Twitter from that. But what was not genius is that they like thought they could get away with it. Like they didn't think we wouldn't notice, did they? right like they didn't think we'd buy that right i don't know it's just really so funny. it's a hard concept because i get the all 32 teams should be represented thing but also it's like there's so many other players that should have gone in place of some other ones and i don't know i think my biggest thing about it sometimes is that i almost feel guilty as a fan for voting for these guys when they don't want to go. They don't want to go. They don't want to be there. And it's like, like we went to All Star Game last year. We saw it firsthand, and it's like there's so much like downtime. And I mean, yeah, it's cool and fun, but it's also like I feel downtime? so guilty being here when you clearly don't want don't want to be, be here. Yeah, and um, I can't I enjoy say, it. I will say downtime is more fun in Vegas than it is in like Sunrise, Florida. But um, but we get to be in Fort Lauderdale this year, like. Every activation happening in Fort Lauderdale, not the worst. True. True. Well, in general, in general, I've been loving this trend where they just keep um, booking all-star games in places where people would like generally vacation or like go to have fun and go to party. It reminds me of like when like older legacy acts like musicians tour sometimes and they're like, we're doing like cruise shows. <laughs> like we're going to like go to Mexico. It just like, I don't know, somebody, somebody at the league is like, I just want to be drunk and have fun. Right. And go to the exactly. Beach. Love NHL. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so but, funny. Like, you know, when they went to St. Louis, I don't know that that was as much of a consideration. No, and I have full bias against the city of St. Louis. So. Fair enough. Fair Over enough. It. I remember the um I think it was Zed posted a TikTok rating NHL players dance moves at that rave that they had that night. I still can't believe we couldn't get into the rave, guys. That's really like sad for us. Yeah. Kelly and I were joking about like, oh my gosh, I really hope that my favorite player gets his PTO taken away from him. 
because that's essentially what the voting is. But um, I can't believe that they only had five defensemen in the entire roster. There are eight goalies on that roster and five defensemen. Yeah. (laughs) Let the goalies play. Let them skate. Let them skate. Let's do it. I I stand by that goalies, at least for the All-Star game, need to serve a penalty. If they pull a Bennington and decide to instigate something, they should have to serve the penalty. Keep it interesting for the rest of us. I completely agree. Um, well, aren't they like not allowed to fight or anything? So I no. feel like <laughs> they couldn't pull a Bennington lame. if they wanted to. The well, actually, start, he's like, never fought, so... <laughs> they, that's, they could pull a Bennington. <laughs> they should start banishing people to the All-Star game. Like, as punishment, it's like, we're sending you. Have fun. I like it. I feel like it would be more interesting, too, because it's like, if you smile and have fun, then we'll let you go early or something. I'm dead. Like, these random (laughs) fourth liners would be so much more interesting than, like, the same five guys every year. Like, give me... Who don't want to be there. Yeah, give me a selly-off with Wallman and somebody else who does good sellies. Like, give me some random dudes who (laughs) would probably be... I will. I will say... um, I was actually talking about this earlier with some friends and one of my buddies is like a baseball fan and the MLB all-star game, like the winning conference gets um, game seven of the world series in their arena. So they get home field advantage, which is a much better prize than a car (laughs) because you know, professional athletes are rich. They can buy cars. They can donate money to charity. But I know it's a lot of money um, that they donate. Um, but still, I think home field advantage is like a really smart prize. And that that creates like at least a little bit of like a little bit more gumption. It's, you know, you ha- you're fighting for something at least. Exactly. Because if you lose in the all-star game, but you felt really, really strongly about giving that money to that charity. You can just give that money to that charity. You have but you it. Can't, it's there. Yeah. But you can't get home field advantage unless you win. So I think it's just something the league should consider. Gary, if you're listening. Okay. Um, are we ready to get into the interview? Okay, Maz, you told us a little bit about yourself at the beginning of the episode. Um. To reiterate, she's a former social media manager for the Colorado Avalanche and current social media manager for Bauer, which is, you know, the hockey brand. So we have a few questions for her. Um, she's wonderful. And we've, we have been picking her brain as long as we've known her. So this is actually just us rehashing it all for you guys. Um, this is for the people. So just to kick it off. It's for the, exactly we do for the people. Um, <laughs> to kick it off, can you tell us a little bit about um, your career with the Avs? A little bit about what you're doing now, kind of more in depth. Yeah, absolutely. So I was still in college um, back in 2017, and realized that social media is like a job people could have. Um, at the time, my dream career was working at Walt Disney World, doing their social media, but 
I was at CU Boulder. So just trying to find anyone I knew and happened to make a connection with the VP of digital at KSC at the time and just started reaching out to him. Um, We got coffee eventually. He told me a few books I should read and some other steps that would be really good for me to take while I was still in school. So I read the book, I followed up um, and he was like, Hey, by the way, we have this internship that just opened up, like send me your resume. We'll get you an interview. So because of that relationship, I never even formally applied to the job, which is why I emphasize the importance of authentic networking, because that's how I got there. Um, And then I worked really hard and never said no to a lot of the opportunities. Um, And here we are. Um, So from there, I was an intern while I finished up my schooling, was brought on full time, and then eventually was promoted to senior manager of social media and digital content. And whilst I was in that position, got to see the Stanley Cup run um, from the pains of it all to the lifting of the cup, which was incredible. And then was offered a position with Bauer in December. And so just started that about three weeks ago. And now I am the social media manager for Bauer. It's a lot different being on the brand side as opposed to the team side, but there are a ton of similarities. You're still trying to grow an online community, have an online presence, um, build a fan base or a customer base in this case. Um, And it's been really cool to see the differences in that. That's amazing. You should have gotten a ring. (laughs) I am getting a ring. So I have my size put down and no one else in the company has gotten theirs yet, but it is coming. So. Oh my God. Wait, that's so exciting. Good. My mom always, I I love the, the way the Stanley Cup rings look. Um, And my mom was an athletic trainer at, in college um, and worked with the team that ended up like winning an NCAA championship. Um, And she didn't know she was getting a ring and she just ended up like they had choices of, of what they wanted it to look like. And, she chose a little small one. It's a beautiful ring. You would never know what it was. Like there's just an engraving on the inside. It's, you know, her name and, and what it is. Awesome. But she's always like, I have an NCAA championship ring. And it's like the most boring looking ring ever. <laughs> but she could probably wear that every yeah. day. Whereas I don't know that that is quite an option. <laughs> for right. Them. You're not strutting around with your cup ring. I, I don't crazy even know when order. I would wear that. Like, honestly, like what occasions are acceptable <laughs> to be like, oh, yes, I'm a Remember- champion. Remember when we were in Vegas and we saw, um, I don't remember what his position was, but it was a guy who worked with the Capitals and he was wearing his ring. He was like just he wandering stopped, around uh, with it. Rylan. He was just wandering around the casino. We were wandering around the casino and Rylan was wearing her Caps jersey and he like stopped her and they were talking and I forget what his position was, but he literally, like we all tried on his Caps ring from the uh, 2018 Stanley Cup. It was 2018, right? So I, I think, think it was, I like, just, global yeah, right. partnerships. Um, it was global something. But he was, like... Bring it to All-Star is what yeah, you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah right, exactly. I mean, that's what she... <laughs> clearly, he was doing that. Yeah, actually, one of my sorority sisters works for our volleyball team. And the um, women's Longhorns volleyball team won the Natty this year as well. So she's getting a ring, which she's super excited about. That's the point is, um, good for you if you get a ring. That's what I'm... Like, that's, that's what I'm saying. You deserve you know the ring. You deserve it. <laughs> I'm I'm very mm-hmm. honored and excited that even though I'm not still there, I'm still getting to be a part of the run that was. So 
pretty That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Did that answer all your questions about what I do? <laughs> yes, it was perfect. Okay, I got yes. distracted. You know, sparkly thing. Perfect. All good. All good. It's fine. I'm the one who brought up the ring. It's my fault. <laughs> Speaking of the cup run, were there is there any like fun stories that you wanted to share? Well, not not just the cup run, but like any cool stories that you think that our listeners might want to hear? Any just challengers or crazy moments that when you think about your career with the Avs, you look back on and you laugh or smile and you're like, that was a great moment I love sharing with people. Yeah, I, I feel like there's so many and I did not take any of it for granted because I really wanted to make a point of like what a unique time when I first started traveling with the team though it was the 2020-21 season and I just got a memory pop up from it but you're watching these like complete hockey games being played with absolutely no one else there like I was standing on the glass capturing these moments that no one else could see and just being able to like tell the story of an up and coming avalanche team that was really exciting at the moment after no one was able to watch sports because we were all in quarantine. Like it was really, really impactful. And in that same time, like built these relationships that I just never could have imagined. And so like I was the only woman on our travel party for a minute. Um, And so for about three months, like, Pierre Edward Belmar would come onto the bus first, almost without fail every time and say, hello, lady and gentlemen, and just like acknowledge me and make me feel like I was just as much a part of the team as anyone else. And even all the way through to the day or the night, I should say that they won the Stanley Cup. I was very much made to feel like I was a part of that run and a part of that team, even though I had absolutely nothing to do with the on ice production by any means i still felt like i belonged there but you are you you are part of it and and you were so that is really great to hear also like the community aspect of sports is probably my favorite part of being a sports fan and so that's so fun to hear like that kind of transition like that would be so magical kind of getting to see that i think getting to see fans in the stands for the first time i cried and it was at a arizona coyotes game like in Arizona because they were the only people allowing fans in our Mm -hmm. Western division at the time. And so like I started crying, it's like a third capacity, but like you get to see these people cheering people on for the first time. It was weirdly magical. I love that. And I totally agree with Madeline. Like the best part of sports is often the community when the community is not being super annoying. It's the community. And like, um, you know, just because you weren't out there scoring goals during the Stanley Cup playoffs doesn't mean you weren't like a huge part of it. You were online building that community and bringing the game to the people who weren't in the arena and and all that jazz, which is so important. Yeah. And one Um, of the things I think, oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go finish. I was like, one of the things I think, you you know, we talk about all of those fun and exciting pieces and it absolutely was, but I felt very acknowledged in those moments too because I'd sacrificed like my friend's bachelorette weekends I had to say no to like family vacations a lot of the time and so to see that like come to life and be acknowledged for it was really special but yeah being acknowledged is like such an underrated like high it's not why we do what we do I could but yeah right it's not why no of course not no if you get it 
<laughs> absolutely. And I yeah. like, I know my love language is words of affirmation. So like if someone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. goes out of their way to say that, like means the world. Speaking of yeah, that, that's I like completely understand. You keep giving us um, these perfect transitions into our next questions. <laughs> but um <laughs> I think one of the most impactful things that you did with the abs was promoting a big culture of inclusivity and especially um with your pride night and just accessibility things. So can you run us through why you're passionate yeah. about inclusivity and accessibility and just why it's something that the we should promote as a league and like just kind of what led you to take a stand on issues and yeah. 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 So I don't know that I have like a reason behind why it's super important to me other than like I was raised in a Christian household and like a lot of people when they hear that think the opposite of it but I was raised that you need to like love people and love them well um and so that's always been important to me no matter what I do whether that was like working at Starbucks when I was a barista to working um with other people and then also extending that to the online community and I think the other part of that is being a woman in sports is no longer necessarily a minority It has long been a male-dominated field. I think a lot of the loudest voices are male, but there is still a level of, like, feeling the need to compete to sit at that table. And I wanted to make sure no one else felt like they had to do that. I wanted everyone to know when they came, they could show up the way they were. And as long as they're an abs fan and not a bigot, like, (laughs) it was a place for them. And so I definitely had some, like, heated moments that went a little bit viral as the Avsman, um, in which, <laughs> you know, snapping back at fans or I don't, I honestly don't think most of them were fans, but people who wanted to prove a point, um, because there's just, there's no room for that in hockey when you want to say that it's for everyone. And that's a stance that I really want to believe in and buy into. And part of making it for everyone is actually doing the work to get there. And I was really lucky I had buy-in from like the team side, from the marketing side, like we had full support to do that as well. So I was really lucky and not a lot of other teams get that say. That's amazing. That's why I think one of the reasons I'm so proud to be an Avs fan is that we do have such a culture of inclusivity and even fans aren't afraid to... um when other fans are being bigots, they're not afraid to clap back at them and tell them like, this is not what we stand for as a team and as a community. And so I think that just kind of having that online presence and being so inclusive has maybe even even more proud to be a fan. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, yeah. that is the environment I wanted to cultivate. And I hope that it extends beyond just the avalanche and eventually hockey gets to a place and even though sometimes it feels like we're taking one step forward and two steps back in a lot of situations i think your voices as like the generation that's growing into loving hockey more is going to be louder than maybe that of the old white man yeah. i love that for us so um and it's cool to hear i know you said like you haven't always been perfect but you have like shown such a commitment in your work um and and that's been really special kind of for us to follow and uh, it's been great 
for us to have you in our corner and also like through you and also Callie because I've never met anyone so passionate about alt text um that was <laughs> we can get into it we can get into it but that was like something where because I'm a person who doesn't have to think about it um I never thought about it and um you kind of realized how many people are affected by that um once you really sit down to think about it and it's so easy and it, it really is such an essential part of of what you do and, and should be an essential part of what you do and a lot of times it isn't and um it makes me so sad that certain people can't experience certain things um in the way that i can and um so it has been like so cool to see um you being such a big proponent of that Thank you. I learned everything I... <laughs> about being passionate about it from Mad. So, like, just I think just from the app starting to use it so consistently, I feel like you guys were definitely one of the first that it just became a whole movement and seeing so many more teams like not I don't want to say trend, but like hop on this feature has been really well, moving. Yeah, it was very interesting to see because we started doing it probably a month or two before it became visible, like we were putting it in before you were able to click on it and see that it was there. Um, and so it was, it was very interesting to see, I think once the visibility of that increased and you could tell who was doing it or who wasn't more teams are getting called out for not doing it. And there's, there's some positives and there's some negatives to it. Cause some people just don't have the resources to be able to do everything that they want to do. And so the good part about Twitter is that they can be a community and, like Ali already mentioned, the, the bad part about Twitter is that it can be a community. And so sometimes that hive mind can be a little bit negative with the best of intentions or the worst. But overall, <laughs> like it is cool to see, I think, that that visibility brought a lot more people on board. It's amazing. I think yeah. just, gosh, awesome. you did such a good job with the Avs account. It's truly one of those things that just, I want to say masterclass of using features being like excessive and inclusive while still like maintaining voice and having that like become a part of your authentic brand while still producing amazing content it's just like you're not sacrificing one thing for the other and it's really just been amazing to watch yeah and it's cool to see people come into their own on different platforms because I don't think every platform needs to have the same voice. Like the Dallas stars should not sound the same as the Colorado avalanche. So to know like across the board, people are doing their own things is really cool, but I am incredibly flattered to hear that. So thank you very much. <laughs> it definitely like, it's funny because like, I am fully aware that, um, you know, I, was like raised to hate the avalanche. I know I should hate the avalanche. I'm a Red Wings fan, but um, <laughs> the space that you created on Twitter always like, and I, I didn't really get into the avalanche until I got close with Callie anyway, because I didn't have any reason to. But, um, you know, once I started like kind of looking forward to abs games and um, once we started getting to know you, I started following the avalanche more and the space that you created always made me feel much safer than a lot of teams that I've, you know, seen online, which is like, you know, some teams are doing a great job of it. Other teams could be doing a lot better. Um, so it was always, it was always nice for me to know that if I were maybe, maybe avalanche spheres are not the safest space for me as a Red Wings fan, but I'd rather it not be a safe space because I'm a fan of the rival team and not because of one <laughs> thing or another about me. Um, if, you, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. So, you know, that that is always 
you know, thanks for that. That's great. It's amazing. <laughs> and I know there's a million people out there who um, are equally grateful for the same reason. Anything for um, you? <laughs> anything. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple more questions. We wanted to ask you, you just started this new job at Bauer. And like I said, Bauer's like the hockey brand. Um, we were wondering, you know, how was the transition? You spoke a little bit about how it's similar and how it's different, but um, how's it going? How are you doing? Oh my gosh. It was like the weirdest thing to say goodbye, like so bittersweet at the end of my role um, because I'd been there from college through the pandemic, through it all, um, and really seen the highs and lows of it all. And then I took about three weeks off, had like a true vacation for the first time in years, which was incredible. Um, and really tried to like just not even think about work, not think about anything. And I will say like it helped me to kind of like remember that my identity is not my work. And Callie and I have talked about this a little bit. It just is so easy to get wrapped up in how cool the job can be and all of the neat things. But to have that separation was perfect because going into this new role starting from scratch, essentially, they've never had a social media manager um, for it being, as you said, the hockey brands, like they have posted on things before, but never had someone dedicated to managing and overseeing what's going out on the platforms. And so a lot of what I'm doing right now is like product knowledge. And then I'm also doing a ton of stuff where I'm just like figuring out what is our brand? What is the strategy? And how can we make sure we integrate our values into what we're doing? And the reason that Bauer was specifically enticing to me was just because their values aligned so far with like what I was already doing with the Avalanche. They are already super involved with Black Girl Hockey Club. They're one of the main scholarship. Um, how, I don't know the word. Like they, they are a big contributor to the scholarship fund that they have. Um, and then there's like, they pulled out of hockey, Canada, juniors, men's, but stayed with the women because of all this stuff that was going on with them. And they just put their money where their mouth is. And that is incredible to see. So that's awesome. I'm so glad that you're having a good time at your super cool new job. That's so fun. I remember like when I was little, um, my twin brother, um, grew up playing hockey and when I was younger and like too young to stay home alone I would have to schlep out to pure hockey in the suburbs every time he'd need new gear and obviously when you're younger you're growing very very quickly you knew you need new gear every like few months um which by the way I would like to say really quick we talk a lot about making hockey more accessible that's one of the reasons that hockey gear needs to be cheaper because yeah. it is you need to like re you need to get new stuff fairly frequently and yeah. um, it's not super sustainable if you're paying hundreds and hundreds of dollars every time you every need new year. gear but that's not the point that's where you we're know, going on top um, of like ice time and stuff too i'm with you right so <laughs> aside from that i just remember like going and him getting like full new gear set it's like all bauer and as i've gotten more into nhl hockey and just hockey in general i've always i've been like meaning to like grind and um learn about all the gear because i know a little bit from growing up with a hockey player but i i wish i knew more i would love to like work at like a um like a pure hockey or something over the summer there is actually there was one 
down the street from my high school that I was going to try to apply to work at after school, but then I ended up having to um, do other stuff after school instead, but whatever. It was, it's it's just so interesting. It's really cool. I love it. It is so interesting. I have learned so much about the different composite of sticks that you can have. And there's so much physics. There's there's so so much much, physics. Even there's like different types of helmets and gloves. And I am sitting here learning about all of it and super glad that people love it because I can tell you the difference about it. Oh, absolutely. I'm I'm kind of backtracking a little bit, but I do remember um, one of our friends, Dayton, who was in the program with us, who's an incredible player, was involved um, in the campaign that when Bauer and Block Girl Hockey Club um, it did a big, you know, a big um, gear donation, equipment donation, um, like $100,000 worth. And I know that they've done more since then, but I just remember seeing that really thinking like, oh, that's not like performative. It's not just, you know, taking the pledge. It's not, you know, it really is. Um, doing good things for the world so yeah yeah Dayton's incredible and every time like it is so this kind of goes back to our previous discussion about inclusivity it is so rare to see a hockey affiliated brand where the entire fan base slash customer base is hockey players to see them do something so inclusive and mean it it's not performative they genuinely they're like putting money in these scholarship funds they want more people to play the sport and they want people from all backgrounds to play the sport like that is so refreshing it's really good to see yeah it's it's been really exciting to be a part of for sure and still learning a lot of the ropes but we're getting there and it's cool yeah it's awesome I just love that you've been able to take your talents to places that kind of like align with who you are and what you stand for. And I just think that that's so lucky. And so it's exactly what you deserve because you're so amazing. (laughs) You guys are way too nice to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now that we've talked a little bit about your journey, I think that we we want to kind of transition into talking about how others can take a similar journey so we wanted to just talk to you a little bit about how to work in sports and i know that we i talked to you a lot about this but about linkedin etiquette and how there's been some misinformation spread online about linkedin etiquette so (laughs) like i guess what's kind of your best advice do you think for someone working out maybe they're like high school freshman in college kind of they're like, oh, hey, maybe I want to go into sports. Like these young women, what do you think their kind of first step should be? And where can they go from there? Yeah, I think your first steps in general, like if you want to be networking, you're in the right space. Like sports is so network based. So like I love the passion behind that. Um, and that's like the first thing I want to tell people. But I think it's so important to touch on like what is networking and what does that actually look like? Because just sending an invitation on LinkedIn that's not going to like build a relationship and networking really comes down to the relationships that you have. Um, And so to kind of backtrack into that and just talk about what is a good way to network um, it's, it's having an initial connection with someone. So like was super interested, like super lucky to get introduced to all of you guys through the power players program um, and through Heidi, who is just lovely we had that connection. So when Callie first reached out and said like, Hey, I've heard a lot about you through this. We already had that connected connection established. 
and your first thing was like, I would love to like go out with to you at the, wow, you guys, I can't talk today. It's, it's a Sunday. Um, it is a Sunday. <laughs> right. I don't even have like homework to do. Those aren't the things that I deal with anymore, but I'm struggling. Um, <laughs> Callie said like, I would love to like go out to coffee with you or just like meet up with you at a game and like see what you do learn about it. So it was just incredibly like, I was like really expecting when you said you were a senior, that you were a senior in college, didn't realize that you were a senior in high school because that level of maturity was there, which is incredible. Um, But for anyone now who might be listening and really wants to start networking, I think establishing a connection, whether you're like, hey, I found you from TikTok and I think like your stuff is really great. Um, And then my friends across the league and I've been talking about this, we've gotten an influx of messages that have asked us for jobs in that next line. Um, And there are only so many jobs to go around in the sports world. And if you leave it there, you're kind of shutting down your opportunity to make an authentic relationship because the next step is I will likely send you to the hiring, like the job board at KSE when I was there or tell you to look on teamwork online. Those are like the only next steps that really can follow from that. Whereas instead, if you said like, Hey, I saw that you worked on, Hey, maybe this project. And I would love to hear more about how you came up with it. Or I'm about to go into college and trying to figure out my major. Like, would you be able to tell me a little bit more about that? I think it's so important to build those authentic relationships And then maybe six months from now, maybe even a year from now, you're like, hey, like I ended up picking that major and it was really great. Or I utilized some of the stuff you told me about and helped run my college hockey Instagram. Um, And one of my favorite things is like investing in people. And I love to like continue building those relationships. And I've not always been the best about communicating. So when people continuously reach out and then follow up like that is super meaningful especially when it highlights stuff that we've talked about and so I truly do not say this to gas you up but the best example I have is Callie right now because from that first meeting like we've been able to keep touching base she's talked to me about some of the stuff that she's been working on has asked me questions and then I now look forward to like I've always looked forward to chatting Uh with you it's not just now but it's like especially cool to see how you grow and learn and like I know if you ever needed a letter of recommendation I would be very available and even easy to write because we have a very established relationship I was gonna say (laughs) I was gonna say I think the biggest proof that networking is good and it works and it's something that everyone should do especially in the sports world is the fact that we have the former social media manager of stanley cup champions the colorado avalanche on our podcast right now that's a love letter to networking if i've ever seen it (laughs) honestly and authentic networking i think that's what i want to start emphasizing more as i start to talk about it is not just networking but authentic networking because you guys have been such big supporters of just me as an individual no matter what I was doing and could not send my love enough back that is such incredible advice to be intentional because that's the greatest networking advice I've ever gotten like years ago I had someone kind of tell me you know establish that connection 
make sure you take note of something specific that you would only know if you did follow their work and, um, you know, maybe make sure there's nothing wrong too, which is saying, let's meet up or let's have an informational interview. But, um, something I love to do is kind of, um, try to outline in a, in a really concise way, just like, Oh, I love this aspect of your, your career. Maybe we can talk about this or like you were saying, like, Oh, I'm headed to college or I'm, I'm this or that. And, um, kind of uh, make it more personal it's definitely people will take notice and people will think you really care about them yeah and nothing wrong with like a regular old informational interview I think that's like a really great place to start and then you can build on that once you've gotten that advice or you've gotten whatever so that's also a great point to make I think that that's kind of what I've been so lucky about because I while starting my career in sports I never even thought about you know just going and asking people for a job because I feel like or at least to me I thought it was common sense that it's you want to actually the people you're reaching out to should be people that you actually want to connect with not they may have the job but (laughs) yeah well it's like they may have the job that you want someday but that doesn't mean that you're just going to go out and ask them like I want your job. <laughs> Give it to me now. But it's <laughs> no. like, wouldn't you want to reach out and learn from them and grow and like hear their period of growth and they can help you. And it's like just, yeah, getting to know Mad has literally been just the highlight of my life because she is amazing and so helpful and so like transparent and real and is really like she's the, been the whole inspiration behind our new like the Pink Coat Club campaign about being more than your work. And she kind of helped me realize like, you can have a balance. It's not all about sports, 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 work, work, work. And like, you can take a month off to go home your freshman year of college, even if you're going to miss a couple games, like that's okay. And it'll probably be best for you in the long run. And it's just, uh, it's just uh, making an authentic connection with someone has been truly the best thing that's ever happened to me. And the most amazing person just showering compliments because you deserve them. <laughs> I second everything Kelly said. And it's also like, it's not only like, that's the thing about authentic connections. Like Callie was saying, like, yes, you learn so much about the field you want to go into. You learn so much about the jobs that you want to get, but you also like get to meet a cool person who probably has other life advice for you. Like, it's not just about the field you want to go into. There's like a whole like world of advice that they can give you. And I, I recently actually, if you guys remember, we had Lauren Shoss on um, a little while ago. She's incredible. And um, I don't want to go into sports, but she's a psychology student. So I was able to text her and say, hey, Lauren, it's been a minute. Um, What have you got for me? I'm a psych student. You're a psych student. Is there any advice you can give me about classes, internships? And she literally sent me just three full paragraphs of helpful information. And um like that's that kind of thing. Like we interviewed her from a sports perspective and a mental health perspective. Um, but she had Great all this episode, amazing advice for me. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> she's the we best. love you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but yeah, she's incredible. So it's like, it's just things like that. Like, especially when you're in college, when you're in high school and college and you're networking with people who are in the job world, you know, that by the time you reach um, the job world, those people are going to have, so much more experience and a lot of good advice for any about like all of the information that Mads is giving us right now. I do not personally want to go into sports socials or social media, but um, all this advice about building relationships and LinkedIn and all of that, like that's all going to be really helpful to me in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys are so smart. You can do whatever you want, but. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> 
I really, I, I came on here to gas you up. I, I don't know what else you guys want to hear. We should have her on every week. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I feel like I have so Does many more else... like questions about working in sports, but I can't articulate them because I feel like authentic connections is such it's such a good foundational thing that so many people forget when they're like trying to rush into the world and i think that's also like don't rush into it like let opportunities come to you and like you might have to work a couple things you might have to be an unpaid intern for a season only on game days before you get to (laughs) go into the real world but you use that year and you make the connections with your superiors and now that they see that you can handle the small tasks and you can do the small tasks and you can do it well and still find ways to challenge yourself then they'll probably put more trust in you when you go into these bigger positions but that's just my experience and there's like there's so many things you that you can learn from being young but yeah you guys can't see it right now but Mads looks like a proud mother I literally feel that way I'm literally <laughs> like this my children I have to protect at all costs but also like I'll come on and talk working in sports any day Mads, thank you so much for joining us. You will be back soon because we're having so much fun. Um, I will. I have to. And yeah, we have, please, please do. We have no idea, as I say, every time we release an episode um, (laughs) these days, we have no idea when we will be back, but hopefully it will be very soon. And um, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys all soon. Thanks for having me. 